no, I think we're, we're doing products. Products? <laughs> we just, we just talked about Diva I'm so happy. Sorry, this must have been also a high of mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was that I have been embracing my curly hair lately. Aww. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Brown Girl White Coat Podcast. My name is Sai, and today's episode is going to be super exciting because I have my dear friends and med school colleagues, Varsha and Manasi here. Say hi. Hi. Hi, Manasi. Hi, Varsha. So today's episode is going to be a little bit about self-care, how we like to stay sane in med school because it can get really stressful and busy. So hopefully this advice is applicable to your life, regardless of what major you're in, regardless of whatever field of career you're in. So I'm going to have the girls introduce themselves and talk a little bit about who they are. Okay, great. Thanks, Sai. Uh, I'm Manasi. I'm also an MS woman, Sai. I'm originally from the Houston area. Suburbs, though. Um, I went to Rice for undergrad, uh, four of the best years of my life. I majored in anthropology and policy studies, so I guess two non-traditional med school majors. In my free time at Rice, I spent a lot of time dancing with Varsha, actually. We were both in an Indian classical dance group. Aww. Uh, my hobbies that persist to this day, uh, probably cooking is the number one, uh, and reading recipes that I never cook. Yeah, Manasi just made some risotto that smelled really good. Oh, so. yeah. So I smelled it, and she was like, that smells really good. <laughs> I thought it smelled Indian, but... <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on, Sai. My name is Varsha, and I'm also an MS1 at the same med school as everyone else. I'm originally from Northern California, from the Bay Area, and I also went to Rice for undergrad, and I majored in psychology and did a lot with Spanish and a lot with a major we have called Sexuality, Women, and Gender Studies. But I didn't complete the major for either, either huh. one of those. <laughs> that sounds so cool, though. Yeah, did I not just have didn't want to do the final project for either one. Uh, but I took as many classes as I wanted. Senioritis. Yeah, kind of. And at Rice, I was heavily involved with Indian Classical Dance with Monsi, and then also involved in my college government and... One of my biggest passions that still persists to this day is reality TV, all kinds of television. Yes. Um, I created a class at Rice where I taught two actual undergraduate students about reality TV and connecting different TV shows to different psychological concepts. And I also like to cook. And I had no idea oh, that yeah. you did oh, yeah. that. It's oh, a big passion. It. <laughs> it's, it's a large passion. Wait, okay, wait. What's your favorite reality TV show then? I think the TV show that brings me back again and again is Survivor. Mm. I think that the concept of the show is so compelling because with each new cast of characters, they become better and better at the psychological gameplay. And the challenges are one thing, the surviving aspect is one thing, but the idea of voting out people and then turning around and convincing them to give you a million dollars and how to manage people like that is very interesting to me, especially with my psychology background. That is so cool. Relevant to tomorrow, Varsha will whip out a bachelor slideshow for you on request. Yes. Okay, wait. Before we get into anything else, let's just talk about The Bachelor for two seconds. So who are your favorites? Do you watch it too, Monsi? Mm-hmm. Uh, I watch it socially. Okay. But I feel yeah. like I don't remember anyone's name. So, Varsha, why don't you go I ahead know and people tell names. who their favorites are? <laughs> I really like Elise, who had a one-on-one date last week. The cougar? Yeah. <laughs> Quote-unquote. Uh, I thought she seemed pretty mature, and I like that she's not involved in the drama of a lot of the girls. I think she's too <laughs> good for Colton. I think so, too. But that's why I don't think she'll be the winner, but I do think she's a really good candidate for Bachelorette. Bachelorette, yeah. I think she could really hold the franchise, so I definitely see her being, you know, top four. Same. I think my top pick, or who I think Colton will pick, is Cassie. I so, agree. Okay. I agree. Okay, she's everyone thinks yeah. that. She's and, such a dark horse, though. And I think it's because she's really been getting the wife at it. Yeah. Because I've done a lot of Bachelor analysis for my class, mm-hmm. and they kind of, they <laughs> really manipulate you into seeing the girls in three categories, you know, main one is the wife category, there's probably like four or five girls in that category, then there's the friend, best friend category, and then there's the villain category, and you can tell with Cassie, right away, her first intro edit, she had all this kind of like romantic music behind her, and they show her being good with kids as a speech pathologist, and then whenever she's with Colton, he always talks about their physical connection, he kept her butterfly, so... They're not putting her out in the front too much yet. And if you've seen other passings of Bachelor, oh, yeah. like they don't put the winner out too much 
but they do make you like her, and she'll start showing up more. So I definitely think that Cassie Reeves. This is like a like a oh, sports yeah. commentator <laughs> talking about like like an actual uh, horse race. <laughs> I uh, took my reality TV very seriously. Wow, you were not kidding when you said that. That's awesome. Okay, so now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, we're going to talk about our highs and lows for the week. So if one of you want to start with your low, I like to get that out of the way. So my low is very self-inflicted. I tend to write really, like, I tend to hold my Apple Pencil really, str- like, strong in my hand. Very firm. Firm. Very firm. firm. That's uh, firm. Yeah. So With tension. With tension. <laughs> Especially when I've been studying a lot. So the last term one and term two, I had very severe muscle cramps in my hand. I actually went to physical therapy for my oh hand my over break because all the intrinsic muscles in my thumb were really overstressed and all these sensors in my forearm. So I had been doing all of my hand exercises, my physical therapy for my hand, but I really kind of fell off this week. Last two days, especially studying this weekend, has been like severe pain. Oh no. So I need to improve my writing habits so I don't stress out my hand so much, but... It's, like, a lot of pain. Sometimes it stops me from going to sleep for a little bit. Like, I'll oh have to, like, gosh. lay on my hand to get it to stop throbbing. Oh, so my God. It's my own fault. Dang. Let that serve as, like, a warning to everybody yeah, who, yeah. like, holds their pencil too yeah. tightly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, learn how to write properly when you're a kid because I don't hold a pencil properly. <laughs> and my mom and dad never made me. Yeah, for all the four-year-olds out there listening, <laughs> you need to get practicing um, at writing. Although, I guess they won't even be writing. By the time they're in med school. That's true. Like, what are the odds? That's true. Yeah. That's true. They're probably anything. just, like, speech, like, voice-to-speech or something like that, whatever it's called. The future's coming. No one will have to deal yeah. with this problem in the next generation. <laughs> it's just me and my own fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Milo um, was yesterday. I spent the entire day doing Anki, which is the most efficient way for me to learn, but it is the most painful way for me to learn. I don't know. I feel like it was just a very sad day. I went to sleep. I closed my eyes. They were dry. I had to like put in drops. I got out of bed. You guys have so many health issues. (laughs) Yeah, I think that med school is a marathon, not a sprint. Let this be a reminder to those who are listening. My physical therapist was asking, oh, how can we reduce, you know, your workload? I was like, I can't reduce the workload. It's like, oh, it seems to not be great for your health. And I was like, yeah. My hand agrees, but somehow I must say it. <laughs> right, yeah. I switched to wearing glasses um, almost oh. full-time just because of the eye dryness. Um, lots of time with screens, especially if you're, like, an Anki person. Mm. Yeah. Have you guys seen those blue light glasses that people wear? I've seen ads for them on Instagram. Yeah, I get targeted ads for them. I saw someone wearing it in the ERC the other day, and I was like, hmm. Yeah, uh, this girl in my tank, uh, she actually recommended them to me, and I told her that I already wear glasses, so how dumb would I look wearing two <laughs> pairs of glasses? I would still be friends with you. <laughs> I think you could be good for home days when you're doing Anki or yeah. the evening. That's true. I guess I just have to wear contact lenses and then the blue glasses, yeah. so it'd be... Yeah. Okay, so Milo for the week has everything to do with med school also, um... We have a course called IPBD, or Immune and Pathology, and there's just so many dang cytokines to memorize, and it's just really getting me down because I don't really have a context for any of it. I'm just memorizing letters and numbers at this point, so I don't know. It's hard to learn information when you've, you haven't had like a big picture of it, so Definitely. just struggling. Mm-hmm. You guys can probably relate. Really- <laughs> you gotta imagine them as characters. <laughs> From The Bachelor? <laughs> Um, but yeah, so on that note, we can go into our highs. Varsha, you can start. I would say like you, this week has been a lot of really dense material. We've had a lot of anatomy and a lot of IPBD, so it's kind of hard to think of a high. Maybe happy hour on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so upset I couldn't come. Yeah. It looked delicious though, whatever y'all had. It was good. I had a gin and honey drink. Ooh. The bee's knees. The bee's knees. What it was called. Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. (laughs) It was good. It was nice to go and not talk about med school stuff and just be in a normal environment with other people from the city. Yeah. And see friends and not talk about med school stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually very similar to my high. Um, Not that happy hour was not also a high of my week. I hung out with a friend from Rice yesterday. Uh, She's not pre-med or in medicine at all, and I just got to hear about her life, what her plans are after graduation. Um, I guess some like old gossip from college friends yeah. and it was just a really good few hours when I probably should have been studying, but I felt like I was 
myself again in the course of the whole week. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah, sometimes you lose yourself when you're just around med school people and that's all you talk about. Mm-hmm. And someone makes a joke and you're like, wait, I can relate this back to like 50 other things mm-hmm. we learned this week. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, mine is really similar, too. So um, my boyfriend came into town this past weekend, and that was really nice just to, like, chill. It gives me a good excuse, like, not to study because he only comes ever so often. So so I just went to a nice dinner at a Turkish place with my boyfriend, and that was nice. And then we went home and watched the Fire Festival documentaries. And you have you seen both? it? No, I watched the Hulu one, and then I fell asleep during the Netflix one, and he stayed up and watched it, because he wanted to get the whole picture of it. I haven't watched either. You should. I I, I did binge watch a TV show today, after I took our take-home midterm, which, (laughs) even though it's not for a grade, caused so much stress So much stress, yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Kim's Convenience, or... It's on Netflix. Sounds familiar. Uh, It's about this Korean-Canadian family, and they have this convenience store, and... If you love, like, that generational, first-generation parent, like, Yes, like Fresh Off the Boat or something. It's exactly, like, the same genre. Um, And it was so cute. There was just this last episode. She was trying to set her up with a cool Korean Christian boyfriend. Um, (laughs) And she was like, Mom, I don't need you to do that. And And it's unscripted or is it a scripted show? It's a scripted. It's just like a comedy. comedy, comedy, But it's the kind where you're laughing and then, you know, the dad, like, starts to cry. So you start to cry a little bit. Um, I like that. Yeah, I love it. I love shows like that. (laughs) But yeah. Okay, so (laughs) we're going to go into our favorite things. This can be a product or a TV show or pretty much anything, just something you've been doing lately that people need to know about. So we'll keep with the same order. Barsha, you can go first. I'm trying to think of a product that I can recommend that doesn't make me sound like an auntie because everything I can think of off the top of my head is like kitchen appliance. Oh, wait, I want to know. I want to know those things. Mine was also going to be kitchen appliance, so I guess you can. (laughs) I'll I'll take this category and you can sound more relatable. (laughs) Uh, I really enjoy my immersion blender because I like to make a lot of soups in my Instapot. So, getting the immersion blender. How can I not sound like an auntie? I know, I know. That's what, as soon as you said product, I was like, this is what I recommend to everyone. Um, And then, Monacy got me to get a milk frother. Oh, yes. So, it's up to my, I sound so old, it's up my, like, tea game. Yeah, it really, it does up your tea game. You can froth that milk, so it's not just a flat tea. It's a little frothy. True. Um, I also (laughs) recommend um, ASOS sales shopping, because I did that this week, and it made me feel alive. (laughs) <laughs> feel alive. <laughs> You're like my hand doesn't even hurt anymore. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the computer. So. Yeah. Um, awesome. Mine is also a kitchen appliance, uh, but I'll probably think of something in the middle of the sentence. It's different. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So one thing I really enjoy that I bought this week uh, is a KitchenAid handheld mixer. Um, oh, yeah. I have really held out on buying one because I've never been, you know, convinced that it'd be worth the cost or mostly the space in my kitchen. Uh, but if you're a stress baker, which I recently discovered I am, um, <laughs> it just saves you time. So you can make a batch of cookies and then I see move it. on with the day. I can picture it. Um, so old. I know. I'm feeling very <laughs> I'm old. Think of something I feel like in college I would have been like highlighter or, you know. Okay, low key, that's still me. So. Yeah. I, oh, I do have something to recommend. I um, have curly hair and I got a haircut by someone who only cuts curly hair. So I thought that was really cool because she taught me how to use certain products and she cut my hair to enhance my curl pattern. So it's my first time getting a nice haircut that wasn't like $15, but I think it was worth it. Nice. I had a question about that. Like how curly does your hair have to be to like benefit from that, you think? Like any amount of wave, but I think if you go in for a curly haircut and they see your hair and it's not curly, they'll <laughs> cut your hair differently. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah, okay. I think um, if you have like a little bit of wave or frizz, I also have curly hair. On that yeah, same yeah. note, the Diva Curl products recently oh, changed yeah. both of our lives. Really? My texture is a lot together. like yours too. Really? Yeah, what? no actually, way. Yeah. This is like. So you straighten your hair? I use like a blow dryer round brush oh, okay. thing, but very like haphazardly. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I, I'm I'm so impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Basically I used to wear my hair, like straighten it and curl it a lot more in college. And I think because of med school, I've embraced the curly hair. And I think around the same time we started using Diva Curl again, and it really has changed my hair texture. I mean, it's still pretty frizzy, 
But from all frizz, after maybe a month or two of using Diva Curl, I see the curl pattern returning, especially over the places I would straighten over a lot. It used to be very frizzy, and now like two months of rehab of a lot of like coconut oil and mm. Diva Curl products <laughs> and not using a straightener on my hair, my hair has returned to... Ooh. Right, as like a hair straightener probably since sixth grade when I discovered that I could straighten my hair. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, when I stopped, I've like had periods where I have before, but I've noticed a huge change in texture. Some rehab of a lot of like coconut oil and mm. Diva Curl products <laughs> and not using a straightener on my hair. My hair has returned to... Ooh. Right, as like curling. a hair straightener probably since sixth grade when I discovered that I could straighten my hair. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, when I stopped, I've like had periods where I have before, but I've noticed a huge change in texture and like it feels soft, even if it looks all over the place. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I was remarking to my same hairstylist. I was like, it's like having a plant on your head. It's different every day. And it responds <laughs> to the sun and the water. Um, yeah. But that's, I guess, something Curly I... hair has a mind of its own. It you really does. You wake up in the morning and you're like, I guess this is how it looks today. Yeah. <laughs> Just going with it. I'm going to take y'all's advice and try to go for that. Go for it, Get girl. some Diva Curl products. It sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, mine is um, also a product this week. So I've been working out a lot. It's been doing good things for my mental health as well. Um, and so I've been wearing Gymshark, like, all the time. I'm, like, a Gymshark rat. I just love, like, the cuts of the workout clothes. Like, they make tops that make your shoulders look really nice. And, like, if you guys have seen, like, on Instagram and stuff, they'll have, like, the, the leggings with, like, the butt contour and, like, the thigh <laughs> contour. Oh, yeah. And you, like, feel fit before you even work out. And then it makes you go harder at the gym. Mm -hmm. I just really like wearing their stuff because it makes me feel fit, contoured in all the right places. Wow. <laughs> I want to look it up now. I yeah. I'll take your recommendation. I'm yes. over here rocking my Costco leggings. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wear them all the time. So good stuff to work out in. Okay, so now let's get into the meat of this podcast, which is going to be talking about self-care, mental state, just being well and, you know, living well. So we'll ask these two lovely ladies, is there something that, you know, made you really motivated to become a doctor that you did in undergrad that you want to share with our little audience? So me and Monacy both did a combined program. We did a BA or BS MD program. So we decided a little early on that we wanted to do medicine. And by a little, we mean like 18 years old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very so, early. So earlier than most that we were really set on medicine. But for me, I think what convinced me I wanted to do medicine was being in clinic with other doctors in high school shadowing and when I went to India to visit my grandparents doing volunteer work there you kind of get to do a little more even at our younger age when you're overseas so I really enjoyed the hands-on aspect and mostly being able to make a connection with someone so quickly and then oftentimes being able to help immediately and the kind of positive relationship you can develop with people so that's how I kind of decided in high school, among other extracurriculars. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think as far as deciding to be a doctor, I don't, what's kind of strange is that I don't remember a time in my life where I did not want to be a doctor, which yeah. I think is like a very unusual place to be. But I think there are actually more people like that than you mm -hmm. think. I think that if we looked in our med school class, people who knew at the age of 18 they wanted to be a doctor, we'd probably find a lot of people um, mm -hmm. just because you have to kind of work at mm -hmm. all of undergrad mm -hmm. to get to med school anyways. Um, I think that my reasons for wanting to be a doctor have changed though. Obviously, like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, like you get to help people, that's a human connection, it's cute. And that's all very true. But I think that I see more and more benefits in medicine mm -hmm. the older I get. And I think most recently, what I found really interesting about medicine is that there's opportunities for lifelong mentorship. And it's kind of built into the structure of medicine that like, no matter where you are, you'll always have someone who can mentor you. And then when mm -hmm. you finally get to that point, you still have colleagues who can mentor you and you can be a mentor. And that's, it's one of the very few careers yeah. I feel like where that's really yeah. built into your entire career. Yeah. So, um, so that's my newest. So do you want to do academic medicine then? I think so. I think okay. that's like something I'm pretty interested in. Um, and I think even for people who don't want that, there are so many mm -hmm. opportunities mm -hmm. like, you know, you go to residency, you go to fellowship, and then you can still have med students rotate with yeah. you. Be yeah. A preceptor. Yeah. I yeah. think it's, I think now thinking about it, I do remember like earliest memories from being a kid. That's always a career I've wanted, but definitely growing up, I had 
oh, I'm going to do this for two days, I'm going to do that for two days, but I kind of <laughs> always came back to medicine. And different for me, I'm not sure I want to do academic medicine, but being able to be kind of your own boss in private practice and manage your own group is something very attractive to me. I've always wanted to, in the end, work for myself. So I think it's cool that in medicine, there's so many paths you can take. You can be a researcher, you can be a teacher, you can be a researcher, you can be a researcher, small business a teacher, owner. small business owner. Yeah, be um, in policy, yeah. write policy. So we've talked about what y'all did in undergrad, kind of what motivated you. So was med school what you expected in terms of like workload, stress level, like the kind of social life you get to have? Like, how was it different from what you thought it would be like? Uh, how is it different or how is it the same? Both. Okay. So in many ways, it's the same. I knew it'd be a lot of work. I knew there'd be a lot of details. Um, I think it did hit me a little bit harder how little socialization would be happening in med school. And I think... Because it's, you know, it's med school. I hadn't expected it to be so much like a full-time job, uh, more even than a full-time job. And I think our relationships with our other classmates can be like a strange mix of colleague and also classmate. So that's also been interesting mm -hmm. to navigate in medical school. Um, also, there are just random times when I'm like dissecting an anatomy lab and I have an out-of-body experience and I go, wait, is this my life? Is this what I'm doing right now? Yeah. And, and you're like, am I really yeah. cutting into somebody right now? Right. I have that and, thought. Like I knew I was going to be doing this, mm -hmm. but like just small things sometimes catch me in that way. Yeah. I think that it is similar in the sense I've heard from older mentors what it's like. But I don't think there's anything that can prepare you for this. That's so true. Yeah. If you know, my brother is only three years older than me, and I've been really close to him, so I've heard constantly what his next stages are like. And even though I knew what to expect, it's still so different living it yourself. I think the self-discipline required, I knew I needed to be self-disciplined, <laughs> but I didn't realize how much of it is on your own every day, creating your own schedule making yourself be on top of it. And I don't think I really developed that the whole first term, and it's only kind of term two and more term three that I feel like I finally become more accountable to myself. And that took a long time for me to develop. And as Monsi said, I think definitely anatomy lab, but then there's sometimes where I'm in preceptor and I'm talking <laughs> to patients or giving patients advice, and they really open up to me, and I have that kind of out-of-body experience where I feel like, oh, if only you had seen me like two hours ago, yeah. I'm like such a mess. How are you talking to me and telling me all these kind of intimate details of your life? It's like sometimes really bizarre to see the kind of trust and the way people look at you and still feel like you're so young. Yeah. And still sometimes I'm, I feel like I'm 18 and I just started the adult world and I don't feel like I should have this responsibility yet. So it kind of fluctuates. Not right. Yeah. <laughs> On that same note, I had a patient the other day. It was so cute. She's like maybe 17. Um, and she asked me how old I was, which was, <laughs> I guess, her right to ask. Uh, so I just told she her the truth. how old she was. Yeah, I asked her how old she was. Uh, I told her I was 22. And she goes, wow, I thought you were just very well-preserved 32. Oh, God. <laughs> I said, why? And she says, oh, it's because you're wearing a white coat. You know, like, I just assumed that. And I was like, I told you Aww. I was a med student. But I think it just... You know, we don't really feel like we belong where we are, mm -hmm. um, even though the things that we're doing, it takes most doctors an afternoon to learn how to use an otoscope. So yeah. why should it be weird that we're doing it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, know. agreed. Yeah, I think on a similar note, I was just, it, it never gets old to like hear somebody talking about something or a medication and you're like, we just studied that. Mm -hmm. Like, just to feel like you really, you really know something, you know how like a drug is working in someone's body, like what kind of side effects they're going to have, you know? And so... It never gets old to to relate to something, even like watching like an ad for like Humera on the television. You're like, mm -hmm. that's a monoclonal antibody. <laughs> and so I, it's a really good feeling to like have all of this knowledge and like mm -hmm. to be able to apply it one day to save somebody. And I think I kind of underestimated maybe how much stress would come with it, mm -hmm. but also I underestimated my own ability to adapt to that stress. And so mm. I think med school is a lot of like, them just throwing so much at us and seeing what we can mm -hmm. handle mm -hmm. and then you surprise yourself at the end of the day and you can handle it you know yeah, I was explaining to my friend it's so much work but if I look at myself my tolerance for work has increased so much yeah and I'm assuming it will continue yeah to increase so 
Yeah, I can, I feel like I've just learned a lot about how to like be more efficient with my time. Like in undergrad, I would spend like hours at the library and like not get anything mm-hmm. done. And now I'm like, if I want to hang out with people at the end of the night, like I need to, to do this mm-hmm. now. And so it's like a lot of, like you were talking about, like yeah. doing it on your own, coming up with your own schedule. As Mom said, it's really a full-time job. I mean, because we're all at least probably 22 no one's there to baby you. It's up to you to do your work. And if you don't, then there are consequences. And it's like a real adult job. So. Yeah. Adult learners. Okay. So I think, so last week when I did the episode with Jackie, we had someone submit a question saying, what does your average day look like? Mm-hmm. So maybe we can kind of run through, I answered it on last week's podcast, but if okay. you guys can run through what your day looks like and you know what you do. I think it's, hard to say what a typical day looks like because we have so much variance in our schedule and because I'm also out of state I go home or go somewhere else on the weekends pretty often but kind of a normal day I wake up and no you wake up um wake up and uh, make myself breakfast shower and change and then depending on if there's an unstreamed lecture at school or not I will always walk to school if there's an unstreamed lecture I'll walk right before to that lecture and if not I try to get to school around 9 or 10 every morning and I will do yesterday's review usually that means Anki for me and then usually at lunch I have some kind of elective and then we have maybe this kind of team-based learning course we have called TRAP now, or we have a course where we get taught how to be doctors, you know, how to listen to the hearts. We might have that class for four hours, or we might have anatomy or something like that. So usually there's kind of an afternoon activity. And then I'll walk back home and usually make myself a snack and (laughs) watch some TV. And usually on the way that I'm walking, I talk to a parent or a grandparent, someone. That's what I... That's when I usually connect with my family. And then once I'm home, I will stream that day's lectures. So our, I don't, I'm sure you've already said this, that our lectures yeah. are posted in yeah, the afternoon. Yeah. And then if I'm being good, I'll work out. That's uh, maybe like three <laughs> times a week. Okay, well, that's pretty good. Yeah. And then kind of attend to whatever life stuff I need to do, whether it's cooking or laundry. There's always some kind of task I need to do. Yeah. And then how many hours a day would you say you spend on like studying like outside of lecture outside of watching lectures so because I stream the lectures it takes me usually half the time so usually two hours to stream the lectures and then I would say I study probably three hours in the morning and then other than streaming probably another two hours in the After after school yeah and there's some days that honestly like last week I'm just so tired that all I can do is stream or I'm so unmotivated that all I can do is stream and then I don't do any yeah. other review stuff. But my ideal day would be like two more hours of studying outside of streaming. Yeah. I feel like we don't realize how similar everyone else's schedules are mm-hmm. also. Like that's pretty much exactly yeah. what I do too. So I don't know. Mine's a little different. Yeah. Um, because I like to stream sometimes in the morning. Um, so I'll wake up, yeah. uh, make coffee, then do the streams from the day before. Uh, also two times speed though, so normally yeah. get that done by 9 a.m., yeah. 9.30 a.m., uh, and then I have the rest of the day to just do the Anki for that, read notes for that, draw if that helps me. Um, then in the afternoon, like Rosha said, sometimes we have classes or preceptor or I have a meeting. Uh, then I get home, and if it's 4 p.m., Honestly, I'm probably pretty tired. Might even flop in bed for a little while. Uh, but ideally, I guess I would exercise. Um, <laughs> you don't have to say that. <laughs> I, I keep on telling myself that is the time when I could exercise because, you know, I'm not doing anything with my brain. Then I make dinner. My favorite thing to do, like, to relax after a long day is to spend as long as I want to make dinner. So I try yeah. and make time for that, um, even if it means I have to do work before bed. Yeah. I'm like, at 8 or 9 p.m. Yeah. Cool. That's that's really good to know because I feel like you, you study alone by yourself, mm-hmm. all that, and you don't really know what other people yeah. are doing, but it turns out they're just doing the same exact thing that yeah. you're doing. Yeah, you can take a little break and visualize all your classmates doing the same exact thing as you, <laughs> scattered throughout Houston. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so we talked about how much we study, <laughs> that it's a huge part of our lives. So what are your, some, some of your best um, ways to kind of stay sane, to you know, participate in self-care? Mm-hmm. I think for me, my routine, I make myself walk to school and walk back. So I live kind of round trip. I almost walk like two, like a little more than two miles, like 2.4 miles or something every day. So for me, it's really nice because my path is kind of through a park and I always get to see normal people, (laughs) Um, you know, moms and their kids and old people holding hands. It's really cute. Even if it's raining, like I'll have my umbrella because everyone else is still outside and just to get some fresh air. And I usually use that time to either call like my mom or my dad or my boyfriend or someone. And so that's really nice. It's a good part of my routine to get me outside of kind of studying indoors and then the other thing I do which some people find really silly but I really like the zoo so I have a zoo pass so whenever I run which is how I work out usually I'll stop at the zoo and I'll go see the elephants and like probably one other animal and it's nice because again I get to see a lot of families and a lot of babies and little kids having fun at the zoo and kind of check up on my elephants and see how they're doing so (laughs) I think for me, some people might see that's, like, really childish. Like, why do you want to go to the zoo so often? But it's nice, and it's right there. And No, that sounds so it. fun. Yeah. And then I think uh, if you keep in all the reality TV stuff, I watch a lot of TV, <laughs> especially as I'm cooking. Uh, definitely when I come home, I'll watch something. So keep myself engaged in other people's lives and realize, put kind of put medical school in perspective. Yeah. It's kind of how I keep saying, seeing other people and other people's lives on tv so yeah yeah so mine's kind of the opposite so the things that keep me sane are when i'm just aggressively alone (laughs) like you know like blocking out like the whole outside world just having some like you know good old-fashioned alone time like you know if i'm the only person in the house i will make a huge mess like cooking in the kitchen like take i mean i'm I'm telling you i said it already but like even two three hours just to like make something and just you know enjoy it myself um I like to take baths at the end of a long week. Oh, That's yeah. like a big way that I relax with, you know, a bath bomb or whatever, even though it feels like you're just throwing $8 down the drain. <laughs> it's <literally>. worth it. <laughs> um, that's one of my favorite ways to relax probably also. Listen to some music, close your eyes. Um, I like to read, which is something that's kind of fallen off, but it's oh, like, yeah. you know, pure alone time. Just yeah. there on the couch, like got a little book, you're flipping your pages, drinking some tea. Yeah, that sounds so nice. Yeah, I like to put my phone away also because I'll get like these texts and then I really want to respond to them, but sometimes it's nice to just do not disturb and, you know, indulge. On that note, I think like one of my good study tips, but also good for sanity and making myself (laughs) present in the moment, whether it's talking to someone or focused on my TV, (laughs) at least for different reasons, I've started using the... You know, on the iPhone, there's the screen time feature where yeah. you can limit the time on certain apps. Yeah. So I, like, put a time limit on, like, YouTube and, like, social media and all of that so that when I'm doing one thing, I can be focused on that. So it's good for studying, but it's also good to make me, like, go out and work out because I'm like, oh, my screen time has ended. So <laughs> oh, I should go out and run now, so. Yeah, I actually recently um, deleted the Instagram app because mm. I was spending a lot of time scrolling through things that I didn't even like I wasn't helping me in my life um, yeah I didn't delete my account or anything let's not be radical but <laughs> I, I deleted the app just for like midterm week because it was getting mm. to be a little bit excessive um yeah and now I guess if I want to entertain myself while I'm doing something mindless like waiting for the elevator I have to read the news or do something yeah. else besides mm. scroll through Instagram yeah that's a really good idea. I know. I think I'm going to do that based on this recommendation. I'll probably redownload it again because I kind of miss it, but <laughs> it was nice for some time. Yeah. The only reason I have Instagram now is, though, to, like, post about episodes that I make and I'm like, let me just no, stay in touch oh, with it's everything. Good. That makes sense. Great. Yeah. That's great. And you're promoting healthy topics and everything. <laughs> yeah. I don't, so like, I actually don't think Instagram is bad. I feel like there's a lot out there now, which is, like, social media is, like, the worst thing ever. You need to, like, cleanse yourself. I think that... It should just be focused on having a healthy relationship with the people who are in your life and then, like, a healthy relationship yeah. with social media. Yeah. yeah. Nothing to excess. It's like yeah. junk food. Definitely. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't delete Instagram because all my friends who live in California, mm. it's kind of how 
I kind of keep up with what's going on because we'll like DM each other based on each other's stories. Uh, or gotcha. Yeah. So I'm very up to date on what's happening in everyone's lives that way. But I think limiting this time that I can spend on it and having to put in like an extra passcode yeah. makes me more aware. And if so, oh, you have to put in a passcode basically to the screen it. time app, right? You set your limit. So I put like all social media to 30 minutes, but so like Facebook, Instagram, everything. And it'll remind you when you have five minutes left of your screen time for the day. <laughs> and then <laughs> if you exceed it, you can request more time, but you have to put in a special passcode. So it's just like an extra step to yeah. make yeah. you aware, oh, you've spent more than 30 minutes or you've already requested time twice. Do you really need to request it one more time? So. Yeah. Yeah. I keep it on my laptop because it's just a very clunky interface yeah. and I don't want to be on it on my laptop. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so if I want to check in on people, I can just go through like, Oh, Varsha made some brownies. Great. Sorry about that. But, Which we're eating right now. They're yeah. Delicious. We're eating them right now. They're great. Um, but I don't feel the same need to scroll the way yeah. I do on my phone. Agreed. Yeah. I need to do that. I, check my screen time on my iPad. I don't know why. Like, I go on social media and stuff on there, but I use it to take notes. And it was like, you were on it like eight hours yesterday. And I'm like, stop. Get off my back. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of just to add something in there, I like, I can pretty much compromise on a lot of things in terms of time. Like, oh, I'll just spend less time here, spend less time there. But I like never compromise on my showers. So like, mm. I spend like, 30, 40 minutes showering, like, take my time, you know, especially after anatomy and you're all gross. Like, that's the best feeling to yeah, shower. Massage your head. For your shower. I don't, but I you do have a, if you're, are they nice? Get some nice steam, some scented steam. Uh, <laughs> eucalyptus. Oh. I'm a big eucaly- eucalyptus stand. <laughs> stand. <laughs> Products. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my immersion blender. <laughs> that was actually like the one consistent thing my dad and I disagreed about when I was a kid. We had a very amiable relationship, but he'd always be like, Monesty, why do you have to spend so much time showering? <laughs> Are you paying the water bills? <laughs> my dad actually turned off the hot water in the summer because he's like, I'm trying to like save some coin. No. And he like did it because we would take too long of showers. And he read some article somewhere that like hot showers make you tired and less productive. And so he like changed it to like like lukewarm water. <laughs> and I was like so upset because I like I was like sweating because it was summer and I was yeah. like, I just wanted to like take a like a hot shower and like <laughs> I mean I feel like that's unfair because it would take him very little time to, to wash his hair. hair. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't understand the struggle. Yeah. My dad's bald, so obviously his showers <laughs> take no time at all. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so kind of on a similar note, do you guys have any tips for being more productive in school? or how to kind of get yourself back on the right track if you've had an unproductive day. So today's a good example of that, actually, uh, okay. because I had an unproductive day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, you know, doing a lot of Anki yesterday and feeling very burnt out of it, you know, lots of screen time. Um, and every now and then, I don't recommend, like, switching up your study habits in the middle of the term just because consistency is key. But it's nice to, like, even for a day, just try something from a different angle if it's not coming to you. Um so today I tried like drawing something out for the first time ever in med school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my tip would be be consistent, but if something's not working for you, just cut mm-hmm. your losses and move mm-hmm. on. Um, mm-hmm. Another good example of that for me would be going to class. Yeah. I could have cut that cord yeah. two oh, weeks yeah. earlier than I did. Yeah. So if I'm having a day where I've been really unproductive, I think the first thing to do is even if it's an unproductive day or a week, Don't beat yourself up too much because we're all human. We're all going to go through moods. And maybe even if you had studied that day, it would have been worse for your mind and your own self-care. So let it go. Look towards the future. And if you're going to study that day, start with something small or a topic that doesn't seem as hard so that you kind of boost your confidence a little bit. And then you'll be ready to take on the harder task. If you start a task that you're kind of dreading right away and it doesn't go the way you want, it'll kind of push you to be unproductive again. You'll just want to give up. And then number two, if you're having an unproductive day and you don't want to do any schoolwork, try and do something else productive in your life. So if you've always needed to get your car washed or get your groceries, cook for the week. For me, it's clean. I love my apartment being clean and organized. I fold it in the Marie Kondo way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, do laundry. So I like to keep my apartment really, really nice. And that makes me feel in a better mood. And because I've done one thing productive, it makes it a little easier to do the next productive thing. And then Montessi was saying this. 
that if you're kind of near the end of the night and the day hasn't been going well, just go to sleep. Yeah, and then cut your wake, losses. Yeah, cut your losses. Wake up in the morning. It'll be a better day. Yeah, try again tomorrow. We yeah. were all just talking about how that's what we're about to do yeah. after recording this. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually follow our own advice. <laughs> um, mine is like pretty similar to y'all's as well. So if I'm having a really unproductive day, I try to like carve out time to do what I want to do. And like, even if it's like an hour or two, just to like go to the gym or like run up the stairs, like do something active. I'll just, just leave whatever I'm doing, like get up from my desk and just do it right away. Yeah. So just get up from whatever you're doing right away, go do something active, like run up the stairs, run back down, like do it really fast. And like just exerting that like extra energy sometimes makes you want to like refocus. Yeah. Just accomplishing anything. Um, I don't know. I always, the psychology of stress baking is that you can accomplish something and it feels good to just like finish a task. Um, so whatever, if it's a passion, if it's Mm -hmm. something you have to do, something for your health. I think also, as I was saying before, because I'm out of town and my boyfriend's out of town too, having something you're looking forward to really motivates me. So as simple as something is like going to happy, happy hour, (laughs) happy hour really motivating me to get a little bit more done on Friday and then something big like visiting home or someone coming to see you can motivate you during the week. So having something planned that you're looking forward to can make it easier to work during the day. Yeah. And even like small breaks that you plan throughout the day sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, if I know I'm going to be just really locked in, I say, okay, at 4.30, at 6.30, and at 7.30, I'm going to get up and do something mm-hmm. else for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then when I look at the clock and it's 4.10, I can at least say, okay, just 20 minutes. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I find myself way more productive if I have things to do throughout the day. Mm-hmm. If I have, like, a large block of time, then really? that's, like, a trap. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to get anything done. But if you have, like, a list of things you want to get done exactly. in a short amount of time, you'll be able to. Um, so at this point, do you feel like you guys are getting to that ideal life balance at all? It's okay if it's no, cause it's a no for me. <laughs> I think it's, it's a process. I think yeah. I'm closer than I was. I don't think I'm there. Yeah. Um, I would not say like I'm living my ideal life. I think that I'm getting better at it though. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree. I'm not close. I think I'm not as close as I would want to be but I'm closer than I was before and so I'm happy about that because well it's kind of funny story at the end of last term me and Monesty (laughs) had this realization we had finished our third or fourth final or something and we were walking back together and thinking about what do I have to show for this whole term and I was like all I have to show is that I passed and I can't have all my self-worth be on passing or not or whatever grade I get because in the end, we all pass. I need to start focusing on other things that are going to give me satisfaction in my own life other than that. So we had this whole kind of bizarre conversation on the Metro about thriving 2019, how we're going to have self-worth. It's our catchphrase, yeah. 2019 thriving. <laughs> So I think I'm closer in that sense that I'm making myself stop and do more things this term, even if I have studying to do, because I don't want to lose myself. I feel like I really kind of lost myself the first two terms in which I was doing well in school, but that was kind of all that encompassed me. And so I'm still not at the point that I want to be where I have like a lot of other things going on other than med school, but I am proud of myself for making myself do other things and stop med school once in a while and return to Varsha as a person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like a part of that, I guess, goes back to the idea of a new year's resolution. Sometimes they really work. Like, I don't know, a few years ago, I resolved to use a planner. I still use a planner, Mm -hmm. but um, sometimes it's nice to just have a vision for the new year. So if your vision is 2019, I'm going to thrive because I'm going to clinics in 2020. Yeah. Like, then 2019 thriving. That's like, you know, the vision for the year. And Oh, I just got chills. Yeah, I'm Ooh, so sorry. I'm scared. <laughs> um, but it's nice, though, like when you do something that's like in the name of, you know, thriving. I don't know. I recently booked a trip to go to D.C. and visit a college friend. And I texted Varsha and I said, Varsha, 2019 thriving. <laughs> I just booked a flight. Yeah. And um, well, I'm proud of myself, you know, having a better 
I guess, work-life balance. Uh, at the end of the term, I'll have a great trip to show for the term. You know, yeah. I'll have some events that I've done. Yeah. You know, um, parties, whatever. Uh, sometimes I feel like it's this gigantic seesaw. Mm-hmm. And if your life is, if you're really thriving, it, you can feel more stressed about your work. Whereas last term, I didn't really feel stressed because all I did was my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I knew there was going to be enough time for it uh, because I did all of my time. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like figuring out that balance. And sometimes I think it's okay to say that balance doesn't exist. You're just either like a little bit more on one side and a little bit more on the other and just become comfortable. Yeah. Because that's life. And yeah. I, I'm, what I'm telling myself is that in the end, I'll be a better doctor for my patients if I'm happier too. Oh my gosh. For imagine. Sure. <laughs> That's a great yeah, way to justify that. It's a really good so way to. It's important to maintain your happiness, work on relationships and your own self psyche, and remind yourself that you're happy because I don't want to get to the point where I'm working so much and that's all I'm doing that I get disenchanted with medicine. So, and I feel like if you spend all your time just in med school, doing med school, you can get to the point that you're not in love with medicine anymore. So. Yeah, it's kind of like a relationship, a little time apart makes you very fond. The heart grow fonder. Even though time apart from immunology does not make me fond of immunology. (laughs) Um, It just, I think it's on one hand, like you want to be a happy person because you'll be a better doctor, but also you want to be a happy person because it's life. Yeah, it's life. It's It's life. life. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I think like, why would you make yourself unhappy because of medicine. That's yeah. like the saddest thing to me. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Yeah. I always have to remind myself of the light at the end of the mm-hmm. tunnel. Like one day this is going to help your, you and your patients. Yeah. Like you're going to end up saving somebody's life one day if you just learn the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always nice to think about that attending life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we talked about how that's kind of like a relationship. So I wanted to ask you both about how you kind of maintain a relationship in, in I almost said in college, in med school <laughs> <laughs> and what that's been like for y'all. Um, yeah, so I can go first, I guess. My yeah. boyfriend lives in Houston, so yeah. unlike Sai and Varsha, I have, like, a little bit different experience, I guess, because they're both long distance. Yeah. Um, I think the main thing is being very clear about what both of your expectations are as far as time. Um, if you can only spend this much time with them, make sure that they know it, uh, yeah. and that they're okay with it and happy. As far as communication, that's a big thing, because you're learning an entire new language, and you're entering a whole new world. It's really nice to be able to talk about that with somebody who you're close with. I mean, whether it's your significant other or your friends or for me, my dad, I feel like I have to explain him everything. (laughs) Um, So I think it's nice to be able to actually stop in the middle of your story and explain what exactly Pinky Pinners is or, you know, what an anatomy tank means. Mm -hmm. It's a tank because we put a cadaver in the tank and then the people are the tank. I didn't know that this entire time. That's why we call it a tank. I, I honestly had no idea. That thing is called a tank? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What would you call it otherwise? So if, I say, container? if I say, like, for example, oh, yeah, this girl from my tank said, then I have to pause and explain what a tank is. So right, I think right, that taking yeah. the time to do that, even yeah. if it's annoying, is important. Um, easy, I guess, rule of thumb. If you're in transit, it's a great time to make a call. Um, yeah. And this is also not just for, like, relationships, for your mom for your brother, uh, for old friends even. I've yeah. been more of a phone caller lately. I, yeah, I think that's, like, all pretty solid advice yeah. for relationships. So my boyfriend lives in Seattle, and we kind of have to commute cross-country. So for me, one, it's really important to have a date on the books to see each other next because that keeps me looking forward to it and keeps me motivated to do work. Because when he's in town, I really try to be in the present moment with him and plan activities where I'm not worried about med school and spend quality time with him. I also think that it's important to ask the other person about their day too. And I really try and remember his coworkers' names, what he's working on, uh, his friends, just the same way that I really try and let him in on med school, my friends, what I'm learning. Mostly it's me giving him health advice based on what we've learned in class. Like, oh, this is why you need to exercise because X, Y, Z. And I think last, it's important when you guys are in separate areas and in separate disciplines to encourage the other person. So really build them up and 
be there for, you know, their highs and their lows, and also encourage them to have their own life outside of you. So I think it's really nice because we're not a kind of couple who spends a ton of time on the phone every day with each other because of the time difference. We definitely talk to each other every day, but he's always the one encouraging me, have plans on the weekend, go do something fun. And similarly, I want him to be, you know, hiking with his friends, going out with his friends. We're really not the kind of couple who spends like hours on the phone, especially on the weekend with each other, which is totally fine. I just think it works for us to be really active in our own lives because then when we come together, I can let him in on my life and then we have a lot more to talk about on the phone. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, so my boyfriend is in like a sciencey field. He's getting his PhD. And so whenever I'm talking about med school related things, he's like super engaged with it and like knows what I'm talking about. So I feel like, like he's doing research. So I ask him about his research and I can understand parts of it now (laughs) based on the knowledge we have. And so we come together on those like common threads that like, you know, keep us like interested in each other's lives outside of just us. So, and I agree with everything that you said, basically, like just keeping in touch, having that date set out, like he just left today. And so we have, you know, we already have our date in like three weeks that we're going to see each other again and light at the end of the tunnel again. Cool. So I'm glad we got to talk about that a little bit. Um, So last week, we also had another question that me and Jackie didn't really get to. And so I received a message from someone who interviewed at the school that we go to, and they want to know what the culture is like and how the students are and how we feel about that. So I think that's one of the big positives of our med school is I feel like there's a very collaborative culture. We have a group me and a Facebook page, and I think at least once a day, someone's posting some kind of new resource they've developed or found. And it's really nice. People always want to share. And there's really a culture of wanting everyone in the class to pass and do well. And it kind of feeds down from the upperclassmen as well. They're very generous with their resources and we're always posting on their page and they respond within minutes with advice on how to study for something. So I feel like in general, it's a very helpful class environment and collaborative and positive. Yeah, I mean, I haven't gone to another med school, so I don't really know how it compares to other medical schools, but I would say, you know, all of the above, what Varsha said, we were actually just joking that, um, We'll be studying and then think, you know, be so useful, like a list of cytokines. You know what? I'll make that this weekend. And then I log on to Facebook and someone has made one and posted it for me to use. And I was like, wow, like I thought of that. And somebody else did too. And they actually went through the effort to like share that with our entire class. Yeah. Um, There's definitely a very collaborative culture in that way. I... I don't know. I think it's really nice. Yeah. And I think that the people are just so out of this world, honestly, like people are just amazing at whatever they're doing. Like I looked over um, during that Jeopardy session that we had and people were making the Jeopardy into Anki cards. And I was like, why didn't I think of that? And then I started doing it and they were like, oh yeah, like this is what I always do. And so I think being like, sometimes I, I do feel like a small fish in a big pond with like so many qualified people here, but in that same way, I think it forces you to like be better. It forces you to learn like skills, how to be more productive with your time and, you know, kind of just gaining that from all of these like smart, amazing people at the school. Definitely. And just adding on to that, there is a organized culture of upperclassmen teaching underclassmen. We have kind of extra help sessions that happen really regularly, which I think is really nice, especially first transitioning into med school. And at least I know from my brother's experience, he didn't have that at his med school where there was kind of a set mentorship program that anyone could drop by and that was heavily used. So I think it's really great that people older than us are always trying to pass down their knowledge. And even now there's people who are trying to compile all of the changes that have happened in our curriculum and figure out how to pass on the resources to the incoming class, even though we don't even know who they are yet. Yeah. People are already thinking forward on how we can pay it forward. Yeah. It saves us a lot of time. I think mm-hmm. that's the main thing. Oh yeah. So much time saves resource, share, resource sharing. Um, I, I think the big takeaway is if someone finds something that helps them, our classmates don't withhold that. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. 
are actually very excited to share it. Sometimes overwhelmingly excited. You'll see so many resources <laughs> yeah. and wonder why am I not studying more. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely in it, like a plus. <laughs> okay, so I think we've touched on a lot of important things. It's been a really productive podcast, I think, and hopefully people are going to have a lot of fun listening to it and feel more productive after. So my last word of advice would be just reiterating what we've already said. Just take some time for yourself. Like, don't get so caught up in your schoolwork, especially if you're pre-med. Like, I know it seems like the biggest thing in the world to get into med school, but take some time to like have a life too. I know med schools are looking at that and you'll just be happier for it. So if you guys have any last minute words of advice for pre-meds that are out there listening. I think college is really a time to pursue any kind of interest you've ever had. I think that I try to really take advantage of my time in college because there's no other time where you really have no responsibilities and you're just a learner and you're not but faced with a lot of adult consequences. So if you wanted to study abroad, if you wanted to start a club, if you've wanted to do something just for fun, take a class that's not related to your major. I did all of these things and spent a lot of time focusing on building relationships with my friends. And I think those relationships that I have with my friends are really important in my support system now in med school. And those experiences that I had traveling abroad you know, taking just a theater class for makeup just for fun, mm -hmm. uh, creating my course, just hanging out, going out. All of those are things that have made me into a more well-rounded, happy person. So even if it's not going to fit on your resume, still do it if it's something you're interested in. Because unfortunately, it just gets harder and harder to do those kinds of things later on. So I would just say take advantage of the time you have in college to be with your friends every day and be able to learn things and take classes in subjects that you may never be able to learn from an expert from. Yeah, I think at the risk of repeating almost all of what Varsha said, <laughs> um, I think a big part of my college experience was, you know, like she said, building friends who are still my support system. Those people are going to be the ones who, when you're deep in med school, it's like a breath of fresh air to hear from them. And you want to make sure that those people have like well-maintained relationships with you. Um, as far as school, take something that has nothing to do with medicine and don't worry if it's, don't worry about linking it back to making you a better doctor. Even like, I know some people say like, take medical humanities because it'll be like humanities, but make you a better doctor, but just take a humanity. Like it'll, yeah. it'll make you a better human, which means you'll be a better doctor. And like, yeah. I don't know, I really believe that at the risk of sounding very, like, I don't know, hippie <laughs> with, like, my approach to education. Yeah. I think you should learn something just for the sake of learning it. Um, you'll be happier, and the chance won't come again, as sad as it is. Like, you want to look back at college and say, wow, I missed that, and not, wow, I really That's missed out yeah. um, those past four years. Like, I wish I could just take an acting class in medical school like I did in college, I had no interest in ever becoming an actor, but it's just something that I thought I will never be able to learn from someone who's a professional actor again. I just want to see what it's like and build that part of myself. And I do think it's kind of helped in kind of, state, <laughs> in kind of confidence in talking to my preceptor and stuff. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Like, like fake it till you make it. Yeah. Even. But yeah. Knowing how to speak and project and things like that. Yeah. Like those links, they don't, yeah. they don't show up before yeah. you do yeah. something. The, yeah. the way it becomes useful is after you do it. Like the same, I guess, sort of story. I took a documentary production class in college Ooh. and like I followed this alligator hunter around and like filmed stuff <laughs> in these swamps with him. <laughs> and obviously that's not related to what I do now at all. But if I look back, I say, wow, you know, I learned how to talk to someone who's wildly different from me and, you know, build a connection there and get him to open up to me and be vulnerable in an interview. And yeah. that's a very important skill. Um, but it's not something you see as a skill before you do yeah. it. So just, I don't know. Suck yeah. all the juice out of life. Yeah. Be happy. Carpe diem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Biochemistry will not help you in med school. I'm sorry. You have to learn it all. All but over it's again. Um, yeah. Just do something you love and take classes outside of your comfort zone because it's just really hard to <laughs> make the time for stuff like that in yeah. medical school and probably whatever nine to five job if you're going to do if you're not in medical school. Don't yeah. take something because it'll help you in med school yeah. because the odds are 
You're going to have to relearn yeah, it. Yeah, if it's important, important it. you'll relearn it. Yeah. And, yeah. It didn't help that much. And you don't want to look back and wish, wow, I wish I didn't do that twice. Yeah. Well, on a, on a kind of different note, I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of messages about how nice y'all's podcast voices oh. are. Oh, thank you. You guys are, I feel like you guys sound very like Maybe clear and crisp. Class, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, my documented production. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. But thank you so much to these lovely ladies for joining me. And if you would like to see what they look like, because you just have their voices, if you want to plug your Instagrams or anything like that. My Instagram is just my name. It's a long name. I'll spell it out. (laughs) I can link it in the description description down below. It's just at Varsha, V-A-R-S-H-A, Sathapan, S-A-T-H-A-P-P-A-N. Yeah, so my public Instagram is my food Instagram. It's at Manasi, M-A-N-A-S-I, underscore eats. E-A-T-S, as in, like, you know, I eat. Um, there's not a lot of pictures with my face. I guess there's one, maybe, but you can that's see okay. I cook, and I like a lot of recipes, so if that's your thing. Cool. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for joining me. and Thanks for having us. Thank you, This is so fun. Yeah, and if you guys could do me a huge favor and go ahead and rate on iTunes and follow on Spotify. So see you guys in about two weeks for a new episode. Bye. 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 <laughs>